People deluded, I'm back again. I hope you're all doing well and safe, whoever you are, wherever you are. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. Happy Friday to all of you. I hope you're all doing well and safe. I know a lot of you are eagerly anticipating the Premier League. A lot of, There's been a lot of Premier League football that's been played. You know, if you're a Spurs fan, you've probably got a lot to say about yesterday. Liverpool got back to winning ways. Arsenal beat. Southampton at St Mary's, Sheffield United beat Manchester United, you know there was crazy games in the games between Leicester and Everton I feel and obviously Burnley versus Aston Villa, crazy games through different circumstances so you know the Premier League never disappoints when it comes to entertainment value and I feel no matter who you are, whatever team you support or whatever games you came across this game week or this midweek round of fixtures you were impressed so on that note let's jump straight back into it. Now we've got Manchester United on Saturday and I'm keen to see what reaction they give but I'm sure you all saw Sheffield United at Old Trafford defeated Manchester United two goals to one where first and foremost give credit to to Sheffield United because you know it's unfair not to they've been on a losing run they got themselves mentally right for this game they fought obviously they started well they took the lead and they never they never gave up and Oliver Burke came off the bench and scored atrocious defending for that goal from Manchester United but you know you've got to give Sheffield United credit they believed and they walked away with some with, with three points and you know that might be a season highlight for them because they still probably will go down but I'm sure Chris Wilder's looking at them to say listen let's really put up a fight now if you can beat Manchester United who are second in the league table you're good enough to play much better than you have been playing so maybe that's laid down a marker Sadly though and disrespectfully to Sheffield United obviously when a result like this happens you can't help but look at Manchester United you know there was a number of poor performers out there you know it's it's, it's, for me it's mainly the key the same the same circumstances they started slow you know a lot's being made of VAR but De Gea for both of those goals in particular could have done better you know the defending for the second goal between a number of United players what the hell is going on you you expect to see that at Hackney Marshes even then that's a disrespect because I don't think Sunday league teams will defend like that that was absolutely atrocious flat footed just just I don't know what they hoped would happen with Sheffield United you know if you even Sheffield United who aren't typically good scorers they will score goals if you give them opportunities and again it's similar themes with Man United like individual players mistakes relying or need trying to rely on individual players to make the difference ultimately cheap goals and I feel it was just a bad collective performance really and truly shout out to Sheffield United for doing what they needed to do apologies people these podcasts are very early let me get some water down me now moving away from that and again if you're a Liverpool fan you know you're laughing this week it's always good to see United lose from a Liverpool fan point of view and vice versa but they defeated they defeated they defeated Spurs Obviously, what a game! What a game that was, people! What a game that was! You know, I'd say man of the match for me is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Obviously, got a goal and assist. Saw how good his passing was. Obviously, probably he's had a for the first time in his career, he's hit a bit of a blip where it was all going right and he somewhat, you know, wasn't playing well, wasn't passing well. He must have heard the critics because he reacted yesterday very well, in my opinion. Um, obviously, two goals in that game were denied via VAR. You know, Son is he offside? Is he not? Obviously, obviously, um, who else? Who else? From a Liverpool perspective, Salah, you know, denied a cracker of a goal. Um, I've, that was a good game for the neutrals, and I actually thought Liverpool were going to lose purely because Mane has that chance early on and then misses, and Son scores, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? For Spurs, for me, it's the same old. They didn't offer much of a threat, in my humble opinion, really and truly. They didn't. Obviously, for Spurs, 
you could say obviously Kane coming off makes them weaker and obviously Jose Mourinho said Kane potentially is missing a few weeks he took two whacks to the ankle so he's going to be out for time so they're going to have to change their squad and for Spurs it's quite the decline it's like they've in a matter of months or whatever they've gone from first to around seventh so that kind of highlights how crazy the league was people really and truly obviously Hoiberg scored a banger as well um, you know Firmino got on the score sheet as well um, I'm actually missing out another goal scorer people forgive me if I'm wrong give me a second um, I hate to do that to you I love to do this 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 stuff from memory but I can't actually remember you know what Firmino bagged one um, Salah I'm sure eventually got on the score sheet and Firmino in fact how how Trent 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 obviously scored um, Salah Trent scored yeah, bro are people I can't even remember man just why isn't Google working hell is going on i need to know that it's bugging me now people i really should have written that down i've watched so much football it's actually eluded eluded me people it's actually i need to track it down yeah man i knew i was right it's from uh, Mane, trent alexander arnold and Firmino. obviously yeah now it's all coming now it's all coming back to me that third goal the one which cemented things you know don't get it twisted it's a good goal but i think rodon and 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 rodon for that goal definitely you know the center half and generally he had a bad game I don't know if Doherty will have Doherty will have another Spurs game because again Spurs spent 15 million on him. It was seen as a shrewd addition. I can't lie, he's very much looking like an Arsenal fan in a Spurs shirt. I mean, he's put it in terrible performances time and time again. Personally, I don't see how he's meant. He's been brought in to really challenge Aurier and give them competent depth. I don't think he's done either. I think those two in particular were quite poor. Um, you know, the, the, you're struggling really to find top performers from that Spurs perspective, really. And I don't feel they really fashioned enough chances or took enough quality efforts. But for me, it's all about Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, Firmino rarely scores, but Firmino scores. Salah was unlucky. Mane, obviously, after missing early on, bagged as well. Um, I think Gigi Wijnaldum's contribution will be understated because I think he put himself around in that game quite a lot, people. And I think he made 12 ball recoveries for Liverpool, which was at least four odd times more than any other Liverpool player. Obviously, he didn't score and it's not seen in the highlights, but that dirty work is central and... Gigi Wijnaldum is someone whose future is, is on constant speculation because he's out of contract. They will miss him. They will miss his impact, you know, really and truly. And when you look at it, Spurs need to offer more of a threat. Um, and Spurs have attempted three shots, attempted three shots in the in the entire game against Liverpool, which is the fewest by any top six side in the Premier League this season. Apparently, their final shot was the only goal, which was in the 49th minute. People, um, obviously, with on that with Hoiberg, that was just the fifth goal that Spurs have scored in either in this season. People, where neither been Harry Kane or Son Heung-min. So again, if them two are not scoring, Spurs are not more much of a threat. Um, I did feel one Spurs player, Ndombele, looked like he was in his own world and just come to skill man up in that game as well and Dombele's going from strength to strength and I'm sure for Jurgen Klopp you know he's had a disastrous season and we're getting to the end of the transfer window I'm sure many people logically are asking will they sign a centre-half should they sign a centre-half um, statistically I saw a, a, a um, stat doing the rounds on socials people apparently Jurgen Klopp has had an established centre-back pairing um, start only six of their 31 games this season as you lot know Reese Williams has found it tough um, Phillips came in you know they let go of Lovren didn't bring someone in we know they've had the the Hendersons and the Fabinho's and these sort of players filling in them roles throughout the season and people um 
you know, and even that, if you didn't want to look at it from that numbers, people, since they drew against Manchester City, they've had 17 different pairings at centre-half, people. So make of that what you will. Obviously, it feels like I've, I've been gone from you guys for a while, but over the course between my podcast on Tuesday and today, you've seen Frank Lampard lose his job. Now, if you want to know my extended um, thoughts on such, please check out the video I did on my YouTube channel, Shameless Plug. So we're not going to go over the same things, but ultimately something had to give. You know, you spent a lot of money. There's evidently no DNA. There's bust-ups with the players. Individual players are not performing. There's not really one singular facet for Lampard that he could have clinged on, clinged on to really and truly. You could say the Cobham boys is good for the young players, but even then, he's teachers pet with Mason Mount. Reese James is good, but he's not using Callum Hudson Odoi, who's been his best performing player on and off the bench. Um, um, for me, anyways, as an outsider looking at Chelsea, any surprise he got a Hudson Odoi started against Wolves. Okay, it was at wing back, but he was their best player. Um, you know, he's he, Callum Hudson Odoi is a talented boy. But there was many reasons for Lampard to have to keep it moving. And I'm sure, of course, the cross, across this past week or so early or whatever, you've seen he lose his job and everybody have their something to say. Tuchel is coming. Thomas Tuchel, he's been sacked by PSG. He's got back on the horse. Um, you know, from a neutral's point of view, I think he's going to be a success because obviously, although they drew against Wolves nil-nil and the same problems still remain, I'm pretty sure many people didn't expect him to literally come in and suddenly they look like the Chelsea people want them to do or the Chelsea that was previously talked about being in a title challenge is not going to happen. Clearly still a lot of the problems are there, ultimately making games harder than it needs to be, Not really, ultimately not scoring enough in my opinion um, of recent, not scoring enough when the regular goal scorers are not are not scoring not really putting much of a physical of a, of a, of a physical threat um, from set pieces really trying to exploit that with Giroud yesterday or really well I say yesterday when they played really just taking shots really like putting the ball in the back of the net we know they can dominate possession we know they can play football and it still was to a degree stale but I think there was a bit more life to what Tuchel was doing first and foremost you know you can see him leaving nothing to chance you know talking to his team and making sure everybody's getting bits and pieces of instructions and doing centrally what he wants you know there's a, you, you're seeing a bit more zip in them triangles fundamentally in the final third is what makes the difference and ultimately it's still not there but I think Tuchel's going to be a good player good manager apologies because he's been there for two minutes and you can already see the blueprints you can already I don't know as a fan he just seems to have that aura of what he wants to do and I think you know, he still might not be a success at Chelsea. As we know, you know, you need to hit the ground running sooner rather than later. He's under no illusion. He's been at PSG. But I just feel he just he seems to I think he's got a conviction about what he wants to do, like that healthy confidence because he's been at Mainz, because he's been at Borussia Dortmund, because he's been at PSG. And I and I just feel that's it. Obviously being at PSG, there's similarities with Chelsea in that, you know, you're quite disposable. You're the manager and you know, players can make you lose your job at any club, some more than others. And I think he's been in that environment. I think he'll do good. And I think he's only on an 18-month contract. I could be wrong. So again, that might tell you he, you know, it's what he makes it. If he does a thing, he can be part of longevity. Um, again, pardon me, against Wolves, obviously they didn't win it. And really, if Pedro Neto, who's normally doing a madness, if his decision-making was a bit better, he probably could have scored. Um, it's same old, same old for Chelsea, but I think it's a step in the right direction. I'm sure you all saw West Ham against Crystal Palace, an absolute crazy game. Zaha scored the first goal, forgive me if I'm wrong. Michi Batshuayi scored a consolation. In between that, West Ham did a drill. You know, Thomas Suchek won for the FPL team. You know, I don't know why this guy keeps scoring, but, you know, whenever he, West Ham are doing well, he scores. And for David Moyes, it's a, it's a 
vital three points and it kind of continues a good season that West Ham are having. You have to give David Moyes his plaudits. When it's other man, you know, I know a lot said about David Moyes, myself included. Ah, he done this, he done that. He's a he's not good enough. He's this, that and the other. You have to give a man his flowers. He's doing his job um, at West Ham. And if this was somebody else at this moment in time, people would be saying a lot. And I think that's what goes against David Moyes really and truly. But he's doing his thing for West Ham. So big him up, people. He defeated Roy Hudson three goals to two. Um, as I didn't make clear, if I haven't made clear, Chelsea obviously drew nil-nil. And I still think there's building blocks to build upon. But there's a lot to go on. And on Wolves, I think Wolves have hit a bit of a blip now. I've We've got Wolves in a bit. I know we've got United. It could be Leeds and then Wolves. It could be Wolves and then Leeds. I don't know. But I know we have Wolves coming up. And, you know, Wolves are probably not the team that's been Wolves of the last couple of seasons and whatnot. They're probably in a position that they we've come accustomed to seeing them higher. But they're still a dangerous team. You know, they've been, you know, they've struggled with the injury to Jimenez. That's coincided with their dip, mini dipping form. But, you know, they're still a good seat side and they've shown that they can go to an away ground and, and you know, get a point, really. And they came to the Emirates and batted us, so that's something I'm looking at. Um, Leeds defeated Newcastle two goals to one and you'd somewhat imagine Steve Bruce is on borrowed time. And again, we've been saying this, but every defeat you feel he's closer and closer to his inevitable people. Um, Everton and Leicester drew one. One Fufana made a mistake, I feel, um, in, in the build-up to Everton's goal with Hammers. You know, good goal from Hammers. Can't get away without without speaking about Pickford's poor mistake, which came costly. And ultimately, both teams shared uh, shared um, part of the spoils in 1-1. One, one. Away from that, though, I'm all, I'm sure you've all seen, you know, Manchester well, Manchester City defeated West Bromwich Albion five goals to nil. And Manchester City are just climbing and climbing up the table, keeping clean sheets, scoring goals, collectively dominating, individually, they're all showing their performances. Like, you know, he's not going to get the ratings because he's not an attacking player per se. Cancelo, you know, whether he's doing right mid, right, right, right wing, centre mid, left wing, you know, he does everything all in one game. He's on both flanks. He's doing the fullback of both jobs. He's like, he's a complete player, Cancelo. And, you know, he's proven a lot of people wrong. He started his career at City a bit slow. He's going from strength to strength. Gundogan doesn't score basic goals. And, you know, Gundogan doesn't seem to want to stop goal scoring. It's like Gundogan has said, you know what? I know there's issues around Sergio Aguero and obviously Gab Jesus. I'm going to start scoring goals. And every week, it seems Gundogan is scoring. And obviously, Gundogan don't score normal goals. He scored two very well-taken finishes. I did feel the linesman shagged West Bromwich Albion like West Bromwich Albion was always going to get battered today. But if you look for one of the goals, VAR has obviously got involved and said it's onside. But you've blown the whistle and you've and and, and, and the players have somewhat stopped. I think that's, that's injustice to a degree because now you're, that's set a precedent. Because for me... You know, if I'm these sort of West Brom players that stopped, regardless, I'm playing to the whistle until the ball's out now. I think Premier League is somewhat gone to gone to the playground now and that you just play to the whistle. You play until somebody calls something. You can't rely on the competencies of anybody else because it is the right decision. It was onside, but, you know, you could have kept playing. If they scored, they scored, but you made everybody kind of stop sort of thing. And you could see that evidently. West Brom and Jalbin obviously showed their con their with all due respect to championship side, you look at the build-up to some of these goals, they're losing the ball in areas you can't afford to lose it in in the Premier League, let alone the league leaders or soon-to-be league leaders or whatever, but they are league leaders because United didn't take three points. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Mares and, and Sterling also got onto this, got on the ski, on, on the score sheet as well, people. It was a fantastic day. You know, they put them to the sword, five goals to nil, very entertaining game, very quality, high quality of goals in... 
you know, it was all doom and gloom and Pep Guardiola was at the end of his tenure at Manchester City. We was all questioning that and now he's going from strength to strength. So, you know, obviously the blockbuster game was Liverpool against Spurs. I think that the greatest game this world, in fact, no, I think if I had to rank these games, I would say the Burnley versus Aston Villa game, which... um. Um, we'll get on to in a sec the Burnley I don't know if I've covered that but the Burnley versus Aston Villa um, I feel Ch I feel Chelsea versus Wolves not up there but just there for a new manager Arsenal will get on to but you got I think that one's up there and I think but after after the Liverpool game is probably Manchester City um, away from that as I just said Burnley snatched it against Aston Villa three goals to two Ollie Watkins has scored for the second game week in a row Grealish obviously got on the score sheet um, obviously Ben Wood and, and Chris uh, well Ben Mee sorry and Chris Wood played a key part as well as Dwight McNeil in turning it around for Burnley and both teams you know obviously Burnley they could have lost this but they won it Villa should feel hard done by and look at their own personal performance it really was a good game Grealish in particular for me did very well Nick Pope obviously has to get praise for what he was doing and he's someone that's probably going on the plane to England in the Euros. So he did his thing in that regards. Saving the best till last and Arsenal defeated Southampton three goals to nil. Nicolas Pepe resurgent, Lacazette decent performance, Bukayo Saka going from strength to strength. Um, fantastic game for me personally because we let ourselves down to concede the goal initially people. Um, in the last three games we've conceded within the first 20 odd minutes and that's something we need to work on because that's something we knew going into these Southampton games. Obviously we let ourselves down from a set piece initially. Again there's something to to work on looking towards the game against Manchester United I did feel we were quite open on the transition and on the counter and there and whatever you say about Man United especially after losing to Sheffield I do see their front three scoring some of these chances Ings and Cole really didn't Che Adams Ings you know Rashford and these lot baby few chances to them so there are some things we can work on in my opinion that being said the positives I feel Listen, Arsenal don't get back in the game in 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 in, in, the, in the second half nine times out of ten, let alone in the first half. So I saw our, our players say, you know what, we switched off for the set piece. Pepe didn't lose, lost his man. It is what it is, isn't it? Because and even then we missed a chance before that. Literally, um, before before Armstrong has scored, you know, and it's been I think it was a long ball to Ings which won the corner initially. Lacazette had a chance. Apologies, Lacazette had Lacazette had the chance and he missed, and then they scored, and it was a bit to a degree like the Mane thing. Um, VAR saved him after he missed and Son scored. I thought this was going to be a long game, but we forgave. What I liked is we forgave ourselves, we kept going, and we got ourselves back into the game very early on. Nicolas Pepe had a good game, you know, he needs to have a good game. He's, he's always speculated and whatnot. You know, Pepe got us back in the game. I think Xhaka was unstoppable. You know, obviously Pepe got us back in the game before Saka and Lacazette added, but we forgave ourselves we got going then we went into the first we went into half time at 2-1 because obviously Bakayo Saka went and scored and then obviously Lacazette who missed a good chance you know he was involved in the first two of the goals got on the score sheet so it was a good game man if I had to look at it best performer I think Leno made some good saves when he went when called upon I think Holden did well with a lot of his headers um, Cedric man of the match probably Cedric was quite good and what a pass it was in the build up to Lacazette's goal out to Bakayo Saka Saka also played well Lacazette also played well Pepe 
con- convincing performance. Smith Rowe wasn't his best game in terms of doing the Smith Rowe sort of half turn third man runs, but statistically he's up there for ball winning interceptions and doing the dirty work, you know. So it was a good performance from them, really and truly, from all the lads. And like I said, the only criticisms is what I said earlier the fact that we've conceded, but we've got three points, you know, we scored three goals, we reacted well, we got ourselves back into the game early, and we didn't give them a, a, a glimmer of hope. And what I liked about it as well, when we went 2-1 ahead, now you're always in a difficult position. You always want to get that third, but you don't want to force it. And I feel when the opportunity became available against the run of play with Cedric and Saka and obviously Lacazette for the third, I think we exploited that. So there were some positives and hopefully there's stuff to take forward going into the Manchester United game on Saturday evening, people. Now, speaking of the Manchester United game, it's probably time to do up the preview, people, um, and things like that. Um so yeah, let me pull up my let me pull up my fixture list and all of those sort of things, people. Um, should actually be here, but nonetheless, oh well, I don't know where where it is. Here we go. You know, it's an interesting week. You know, the the the, the int- weekend apologies. I mean, the interesting one is obviously going to be without a doubt. Arsenal versus Manchester United kick off at 5.30. That's the scariest one you're looking at as a football fan. I'm sure neither team wants to lose. For Manchester United, you know, they're still in a title challenge. They dropped three valuable points against Sheffield United. You can't afford to drop more points. Obviously, Arsenal are undefeated in the last couple of games against United. So, for me, you'd want to put that wrong right again if you're a United fan and show the fans that you're serious about winning the league, about winning these tough games and all of these sort of things. For Arsenal, you know, we beat them. At, it's a different United side, I feel, than the one where we beat them at Old Trafford. But we did beat them at Old Trafford. We could do the double. There's not. There's only been a handful of times you've been able to do that against Manchester United. Also, can you win these tough games if you want to pattern your season? And obviously, both teams know the ramifications of winning, losing and drawing. Because Arsenal, who were relegated a few weeks ago and whatever, you know, we could draw real parity. We're already gaining ground. But at the same time, you need to prove it. Also, Arsenal, we're coming into a tough round of fixtures. The games aren't getting any easier. You had Southampton last week, you got United this week. I'm sure you've got Leeds and Wolves and Leicester and all these teams to come. So you've got to show you can come into this tough tough and difficult period and do something thinking in that regard. So hopefully we get a performance. But I, I, I'm, I'm keen to see because on one hand, I think, you know, both they're quite both teams are quite similar. Both teams can be a threat from set pieces. Both teams can let each other down from set pieces, let themselves down. You know, both teams, I feel, rely on way too much individual brilliance um, to, to make the difference. Generally, both teams can be slow starters and drop cheap points in that regard. So there's a lot of similarities. Both teams have improved defensively, but there's also, you could say, question marks. So there's a lot of similarities. You would think both teams, you know, they need a win. Are they going to come out strong and firing and things? I think that on one hand, or I feel, you know what, both fat play managers, while a point doesn't help them live to fight another day so i'm keen to see are both teams going to be timid and cancel each other out and we're waiting for one team to somewhat realize okay cool this team's here for the taking you know not for arsenal don't sit there and go oh, it's man united man they're second this and that for united not to go oh this team beat us and they've got this and that and they're in form you know play the game not the, play the occasion not the team and i think liverpool again liverpool against man united united um boss Oli Solskjaer kind of alluded to that you know he said he wanted them to start a bit stronger have more of a goal and i'm sure Sure, these are all things it's a different team that they're thinking about i'm keen to see who they play on the right hand side for obvious reasons our left hand side is our most dangerous side and obviously there's a lot of question marks in relation to a lot of fitness like a bad man might not be involved because obviously his mum is 
is is is going through some health problems and she's on the men now god bless it god bless and god willing she continues um obviously there's question marks over tne Partey smith row maybe arteta's being a bit of a gamesmanship so oli got Solskjaer can't prepare for that maybe they're genuinely out and if they're genuinely out obviously these players make us significantly weaker you know, um, you've got Southampton against Aston Villa. That's bound to be a decent game at St. Mary's. West Bromwich Albion play Fulham, which really and truly is a relegation six-pointer because, again, they, you take points off your rivals. And uh, and obviously, in that regard, you know, Sheffield United had a good result against Manchester United, but at three o'clock on Saturday, they're playing Manchester City. You can see how long that could get. You've got Crystal Palace against Wolves at Selhurst Park, people. To kick off the Premier League action, you've got midday tomorrow, 12.30, Everton versus New. Newcastle on the Sunday you know second game in charge second game at home in charge for Thomas Tuchel he will be playing Burnley and you'd imagine you'll see an even better Chelsea because obviously realistically what the day before the game he took an evening session he hasn't he didn't have long to work with these Chelsea lads people um, so I'm keen to see what is he going to do is he going to continue Callum Hodgson in this wing back role a lot of people that um, you know followed Tuchel more so at his previous clubs and um, were saying you know Pulisic almost exclusively played on the right so what does that mean for Callum does Callum move to the left because I'm sure Callum don't care first and foremost he wants to play and his position is the wings he doesn't even care about playing wing back but I'm sure these little techie footballers like Callum they love to play on the left where he can take a man on and come inside and all of these sort of things so I'm keen to see who he's going to use you know I don't think you can draw too many conclusions with the team he's used certain people saying oh he's not going to use Kante he's talking very highly of Kante he's talking very highly of Mount you know time will tell obviously a manager's got to pick his strongest 11 and as time goes on we'll see who he likes and who he don't like we can't just assume based on the starting lineup the only obvious we could say is he has to use Werner and Havertz in some capacity Havertz who started Werner was on the bench he has to get a tune out of them because Chelsea have put a big outlay and it would be stupid for Thomas Tuchel just coming into the role to be saying you're not what I want you're not what I want you're not what I want of course he's allowed to make it clear but you've got to you know player power is essential he's got to make everybody feel that they can work towards something that they can earn a spot and you know as much as Lampard was poor this season prior to the last game there was 90 you know Tuchel came into this 19 games in you know there's a long time again you can some of these problems might be at Chelsea but what's it said if they win the next 10 in a row and they go into the last nine games my point is this season is like Chelsea like with any other team it's what you make of it and a manager coming in at the halfway point I'd be going in there and saying listen you know forgive yourselves whatever's happened with the previous manager it is what it is we're going to work on it but it is what it is this is a new mini start to the season this is where your season starts we're at the halfway point what do you want it to say in May do you want it to say you've got Champions League and doing all these things or do you want it to be how it was going it's that I can only give you so much I can do up the tactics I can do these things but you look need to take it on and and you lot are the ones that play so again there's stuff in that regards to taking on board people um moving away from that though and and if you look at it people chelsea like i said chelsea from 12 o'clock will be playing on sunday against burnley leicester city against leeds will be playing on uh, at 2 p.m you've got west west ham sorry against liverpool you've obviously got brighton against spurs in the evening as well in that regards people and then again, we'll speak about it on, on, 
Monday because there's no action on on Monday. Is there action on Monday? No, there's no action on Monday. So there'll be a deluded podcast on Monday. Pre pre, well, obviously wrapping up the weekend games and obviously dealing with the midweek games. You know me, choose Monday slash Tuesday, definitely Friday, people. And obviously, I'm not going to speak about well, you know the games are coming thick and fast. We've got midweek action, people. Um, and it's and it, and like I said, for everybody, the games are getting long, people. So they're gonna it's, it's put up or show up, um, without a doubt you know without a doubt moving away from that though folks and in in sad news you know axel to um martial these players there after man united lost they were subject to racial abuse on twitter and social media and all these things to the extent where you know it's extended to martial's girlfriend or wife where they're abusing her and i know she's got a young child and i mean that's just not what nobody should get me getting abused but you're abusing people that ain't got nothing to do with the football game we know it's disgraceful i'm not going to get in depth with why it's wrong and stuff you know it's wrong social media platforms have to do better because you know it doesn't matter if it one week is is Martial, then it's Tammy, then it was Rudiger after false reports of he engineered Lampard leaving. You know, there's been several examples. You know, it's from the Championship to the Prem. Any time a black player has a bad game, they're getting abused. Look at Zaha. You know, it's social media which is important to footballers now because it's a, it's part of your brand. They can't do anything because a troll can just make another account. You know, it's not st- stuff needs to be done now. It's, it's 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 getting too far. And all I'll say to Axel is keep your head up. You I, listen. We have to stop saying it's a small minority of people because let's 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 be real. You know, it isn't. It isn't. There's a lot of people who ain't doing this. There's a lot of people who are. And the scariest thing is you don't know. Half these people probably ab- abusing these players. They're probably the ones saying, oh, can I get a photograph? Can I get an autograph? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, these are probably the same people that when Axel has played well, I think, what, against PSG, they were singing his praises. It's unhealthy and it's not nice. You know, you make a mistake. It is what it is. By all means, ask question marks of a player, critique his, his performance. But the minute it extends into his colour and all of this abuse, it's ridiculous, people. It's ridiculous. And I'll be sitting here speaking about another thing. So keep your head high, Axel. It's, it's sad, people. It's sad. You know, it's sad. And it, and it further feeds into the rhetoric, you know. You're seeing people kind of blast the fact that this is a young man who moved from, I believe, Congo into, into England and doing all of these things. He's doing, he's doing well, you know. They're laughing at him, man, and it's not nice at all. It's, it's upsetting, really and truly. Um, it is what it is in that regards, though. So keep your head ha- held high. Social media platforms need to do better. It's as simple as that. I'm not going to waste more time on that, people. Um moving away from that i guess the only thing left to kind of speak about is the transfer news as we get to the end of this podcast but also the end of the the transfer market people looking around you see you heard yesterday if you follow me on youtube that ainsley maitland is apparently wants to leave on loan to play regular football to obviously a play regular football and b potentially get into the england team he's been linked with a whole host of teams but apparently west bromwich albion are pushing hard to sign arsenal midfielder Ainsley Maitland-Niles on loan for the rest of the season, people. Um, apparently, West Brom are believed to be in contact with Arsenal, but the Londoners are believed to have reservations about Maitland-Niles joining a side in a relegation fight and with a very different style of football. I think I've spoke about this before, but apparently Crystal Palace are in negotiations with Leicester um, in relation to a £5 million signing of Damari Gray, which is, you know, I think £5 million too much, but shout out to Crystal Palace. Aston Villa, as you've seen, have all signed, have, have completed the signing and all completed the what needs to be done in relation to Morgan Sanson. He has signed a midfielder from Marseille, joins Aston Villa. You know, Tuku has joined 
um, Chelsea. So fundamentally, they're going to be linked with a whole German German based players or German based nationals. But they were linked with Haaland before. They've been linked with Haaland again. You know, Chelsea apparently in relation to the summer will make moves for Haaland and are making a move in terms of a pre agreement contract for David Alaba. Two players which would be certified for them. They've you know. You see what Thiago Silva could do. You know, you can obviously, again, if Tuchel's going to play a back three, Alaba is perfect. He can play as a centre midfielder. He can play as a centre half. He can play at fullback. He comes with a wealth of experience. You know, he speaks for himself. Haaland speaks for himself. He scores goals, which something these Chelsea strikers can't really say they're doing. He's 20 years of age, so there's resale value. He's got a £66 million release clause. Chelsea have spent a lot worse. And he is someone that will score a lot of goals, people. Apparently, you know, Leeds are trying to get talks going with Marcelo Bielsa um, about a new a new contract. However, that will have to wait to the end of the season. Apparently, Germany will hand Bayern Munich midfielder Jamal Musiala a senior call-up to stop him playing for England. As you lot know, he's played for England at under-21s level and he's previously at youth level played for both clubs in countries. Sorry, and he's an English boy. You know, he's living in Germany and he's of German roots, so he's got a decision to make. Does he join Germany? Does he join England and continue with, you know, Jude Bellingham and all of these sort of footballers? You know, personally, I would like to see an ambitious try to convince Eunice Musa to keep to come back to England, play for England, as well as commit Jamal Musiala because he's going to have a great future in the game and I think we need him, people. You know, Jeremy Frimprong, who's made a name for himself at Celtic, as you've all seen, has moved to Bayern Leverkusen. Good move for him. Apparently, Manchester City are set to earn more than three million because there was a 30% sell-on clause within that deal considering they never made a senior appearance for uh, he never made a senior appearance for Manchester City that's quite the flip um apparently Ramirez former Chelsea player Ramirez is playing um apparently apparently people um he wants to make a move back to the Premier League I'm not too sure who's going to sign the 33 year old We've previously, Arsenal, been linked with Nathan Collins, a man who can play at centre-half as well as right-back, and he plays for Stoke, the 19-year-old. They want £15 million for him, people. Um, make of that what you will. Apparently, Manchester City have turned down the chance to re-sign Edin Dzeko on a short-term deal. We know that apparently he wants to leave his current employees. He's previously had good success with, with, with Manchester City. I thought that would have been a good short-term option for them, but it seems that it's not, people. So, it is... Pardon me, it is what it is in that regard. So we've spoken about the Premier League, we've reviewed the Premier League, we've previewed this week's Premier League, we've touched on the transfers. Jesse Lingard apparently is moving closer to signing for West Ham on that note as well. But there isn't anything more to add, people. It's a slow news day, you know. It's mainly based on the Premier League, which has happened and what is to come. Either way, I'm happy that you lot have tuned in. If you are listening to this, please continue to tune in. Please make sure you're following me across Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor and the rest of it. Also, make sure you're checking out the description of this podcast because you can follow me across all my socials, DeludedGuna04. I'd appreciate, especially if you give me a follow on Instagram, I'm trying to get to 10k subs for this year. Um, you know, Twitch, DeludedGuna187. If you don't know already, primarily the content is on YouTube. So make sure you check out all of that. I've always got content coming, but been a fantastic podcast but for now people dg i'm out thank you for listening have a good weekend and hopefully when i return we're in positive spirits arsenal fans but yeah regardless of if you're an arsenal fan or whoever you are i appreciate that you've listened because you clearly like good content i'm out god bless